BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. A fire burning in the Los Padres National Forest in Monterey County has grown to nearly 2,400 acres with no containment thus far. The fire is in remote, steep terrain, and crews are trying to fight the fire indirectly through the air while still strategizing a ground attack. Dozens of structures, including several homes, are in close proximity to the fire, and evacuation orders are in place for some surrounding communities. The fire is burning west of the Arroyo Seco campgrounds. Officials say the campground will be closed until at least Wednesday. The cause of the fire is still under investigation. The recent announcement that unemployed Californians will soon have to show that they're actively looking for work to stay eligible for benefits has some workers' rights advocates concerned. Daniela Urban runs the Center for Workers' Rights in Sacramento. She tells the California Report this is the latest barrier for hundreds of thousands of Californians who have yet to receive unemployment benefits. Many claimants have been certifying the same way for the last more than a year. And so it needs to be communicated clearly what this change means for claimants and how they should be marking their certification forms to make sure that they're still eligible to receive benefits on a weekly basis. The latest figures show there are over 200,000 claims in limbo because they're being reviewed by the Employment Development Department. And Urban is concerned that updating the qualifications to certify these claims will weigh down an already gridlocked system. EDD is already backlogged in their review of certification forms that need a manual review. And so the more information that claimants are required to report, and therefore EDD must review, is only going to slow down the process. What qualifies as searching for work will vary for those on regular unemployment or extensions versus those on pandemic unemployment assistance or PUA because PUA applicants are often self-employed or contract workers. The EDD says it will be sending notices to inform applicants what the new rule means for them. Turning to the pandemic, a law was passed in California last year that required employers to disclose whether their workplace had suffered a COVID-19 outbreak and how severe that outbreak was. But according to an investigation by the Bay Area News Group, only about a third of the counties in the state have released specific information on workplace outbreaks in response to public records requests. 20 counties did release information, and in many cases, they disclosed previously unreported outbreaks, including cases where employees were not told how many of their fellow workers had contracted the virus. Several counties declined to provide records, citing privacy concerns for employees who may be associated with an outbreak. But health and legal experts say it's far-fetched to suggest someone could identify an infected worker simply from knowing their place of employment. 
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. We're going to turn now to the latest investigation from NPR's California newsroom. A new state law required school districts to keep detailed attendance and engagement records this year to make sure that students online didn't fall behind. Well, Valley Public Radio's Sarith Hawk found students were counted present and engaged when they did little more than log in. She took a deep dive into the data at one school district outside of Fresno and found that attendance numbers don't reflect the frustrating reality of the school year. After over a year online, Madeira Unified adopted a hybrid schedule in April so students could return to classrooms a couple of days a week. But walk into Rodia Montgomery Gentry's 12th grade economics class in early June, and it felt like school was already out. Desks with plastic dividers lined the room at Madera South High School, but there were only three students. Everyone, would you mind turning on your camera? We, um, it's our last day, might as well. Most of the students Montgomery Gentry was talking to were still online. Out of 27 logged in, eight had their cameras turned on, but most of those cameras pointed at the ceiling. Senior Daniel Lupian Seha was one of the few students in the room. He says he had always cared deeply about school, but in the pandemic, he lost his motivation, his drive. Online learning made classwork seem, well, empty. It just didn't feel as real. It felt like a phone call versus actually like being there and talking with someone. Madera Unified is a poor district. Nearly 90% of students receive a free or reduced price lunch. Here at Madera South High, the vast majority of students are English learners. 70% speak Spanish at home, and others speak indigenous languages like Zapoteco and Mixteco. So how are those students doing? Valley Public Radio filed the Public Records Act request for the school's attendance records. And officially, the chronic absenteeism rate was just 5% meaning nearly all of its students were going to class. But that's not what teachers and students were seeing. And even the district admits that official statistic is misleading. It's inflated. I mean, it's absolutely inflated. Allison Crafton, director of student services at Madera Unified, was in charge of making sure records were compliant with state requirements. And you can literally 
be on your phone with your friends and YouTube and and or sleeping. But that's not how the district was supposed to keep track of their students. Under a law signed by Governor Newsom last June, administrators were required to track not only whether students showed up, but how much they participated in distance learning. For example, whether they communicated with their teacher or turned in assignments. But though we requested it, the district didn't share that detail with us. And neither did bigger school districts like Fresno and Clovis Unified. And so, Crafton says, the true level of student engagement remains unknown. And quite frankly, I don't know that, um, I don't know that there's any way to tell. Senior Daniel Lupian Seha was counted as president when he was online. He would log on, but he wouldn't do the work. Eventually, taking a job pulling weeds from grape crops seemed like a more sane use of his time. I was mostly in the fields, like working, trying to earn money, because that seemed more important to me at the time than just keeping up my grades. But when school reopened, he changed course. What helped me get back into school was realizing that if I don't, if I don't put in the effort into my work, I might not graduate. One way you can judge how engaged students were this year is with their grades. Because you were here last semester. In Montgomery Gentry's economics class, 11 students got D's and F's. That's twice as much as during a normal year, where she says the average is four to five. Econ, or civics, is a graduation requirement, so students who fail this class can't graduate. We visited on the last day of school as Montgomery Gentry readied to sign off, addressing students both in class and online. It's been an honor to be called your teacher. And it's been an honor to be called your guys' teacher. Tears begin to form in her eyes as she addresses a screen of digital squares. Um, this is hard on you, it's hard on teachers, but you made it, you made it. Montgomery Gentry says she believes the most important lesson for students this year was resiliency, a life lesson they'll carry into adulthood. For The California Report, I'm Sarith Hawk. And that is the California Report for this Monday, June 21st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Blue Shield of California, rebuilding the future of health care with every Californian in mind, from quality and equitable care to not-for-profit values. Learn more at news.blueshieldca.com. Water heaters only. Specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured. Open 24 hours a day every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!
Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.